I want to talk to you about time. Time is one of the great focuses of contention in the battle between creation and evolution. I want to talk to you especially about two main ideas here that we're considering. One is did life gradually develop on Earth over billions of years? And this is the normal, accepted scientific interpretation. Uh, and even some people who believe in God suggest, well, God took billions of years to develop the uh, advanced forms of life that we have now. Then in contrast to that, and very different, is the biblical model that God created all in six days just a few thousand years ago. So you've got these two basic ideas involved. Uh, and most implicit in that last model is the idea of the Genesis flood. Uh, that creation went bad. The earth was destroyed by this Genesis flood. And the fossil record harmonizes that story of creation and the flood uh, together so that we, we have the uh, explanation for all those fossils out there. Uh, there's a significant amount of scientific data that favors a recent creation. We're talking about science here. Science repeatedly changes its views. New ideas come in and so on. So let's keep in mind what we're referring to in, in this uh, uh, discussion that we're having here. Uh, the first point I want to mention to you is, is erosion. Uh, erosion is so fast that the continents should not have endured the long geologic ages. Uh, you're aware of what erosion is. Here's a river carrying a lot of sediment after a storm. Uh, how long can the continents endure this? Well, the erosion is pretty slow, but you start talking about billions of years for the continents, and you are in deep trouble as far as the long geological ages are concerned. I know of a dozen studies where they have studied the output of all the rivers of the world on all the continents, measured how much is being poured into the oceans, and those studies suggest that you average those, those dozen studies and you get 24,000 million tons. What does that mean in terms of time? Well, if you convert that to the average height of the continents, which is 623 meters, uh, it would take about 10 million years to erode the continents to sea level. Well, 10 million years is just a small fraction of time in the billions of years that are assumed for the evolutionary model. How come the continents are still here? This is data that seems to favor uh, the creation model. The idea of uh, erosion uh, has been discussed for quite a number of years, and uh, about 50 years ago, geologists became aware of this problem, and uh, it's recognized in the scientific literature. Here's an extreme statement uh, by Sparks uh, in his book, Geomorphology. He says, some of these rates are obviously staggering. The Yellow River could peneplain area with average height of that of Everest in 10 million years. Well, now I've this river is faster than normal, but it tells you a recognition of this, hey, 
if you can erode Everest in 10 million years, how could the continents be billions of years old? You see, you see the, the problem here. Uh, right now, our erosion is a little bit fast. You have to correct for agriculture. But correcting for all this, you, you can probably safely say uh, our continent should have been eroded 100 times in the proposed billions of years of geologic time. And we're still here, fortunately, and they haven't been all eroded away. Otherwise, we'd be underwater. Well, a corollary to this is, of course, hey, how long is it going to take to fill up the oceans? You've got all this material pouring into the oceans. How long is that going to take? Well, they should be full of sediments. The uh, suggestion is made uh, in the reference, uh, again, regarding this. And it says here, if we next assume the present rate of erosion and exposed continent volumes to have been constant over, say, the past one billion years, then we would expect a staggering 30,000 meter thick layer of sediments to cover the seafloors today. And they go on to say, apparently we have erred badly in making our assumptions, and I would agree with that. Uh, if you take the biblical story into, hand, uh, into account and so on, uh, instead of the long evolution, you don't have the problem. Now, you go out in season in the deep oceans, you have about 300 meters, which is 1% of what he's suggesting here we should have in one billion years. And the continents probably been two, three billion, four billion years, uh, different ideas uh, regarding how big they were and so on. But anyway, we still should have a tremendous amount of sediments out there. You have a picture there of the continents. You've got the uh, oceans. Uh, there are trenches in the oceans. Sediments supposed to have gone down in the trenches. You correct for that. Uh, it's not a real argument for it because you have only about 10 to 20 percent of the sediments produced by the river that go down into the trenches. And so your oceans should be full. You can say, well, probably the oceans have been filled up at least 10 times in two and a half billion years. And they are still here. Next, we have presence of old flat surfaces that we find on the surface of the earth that uh, how come they're still there because of all this erosion. You have a picture here of Kangaroo Island, Australia. Uh, look carefully at the end of the red arrow and you can see a straight line clear across the picture of the island. It's extremely fight, extremely thin, right above sea level there. And that surface is supposed to be 160 million years old. Now, uh, in 160 million years, you would expect about three miles of vertical erosion. How come that surface, which is supposed to be 160 million years, is so flat if it is really that old? The answer is, of course, well, probably Kangaroo Island is not that old. Uh, that surface has been dated by radiometric dating. It's been dated by fossils. And you can see how extremely flat it is. It doesn't look like Kangaroo Island is that old. Data, again, that seems to favor a recent creation. Uh, and you can see from this picture how irregular erosion tends to be. Colorado River here eroding uh, various canyons and so on. And you go into the literature, 
regarding this and a very interesting statement by Tweedale at the University of Adelaide, who says the survival of these paleoforms, he's talking here about Kangaroo Island, a number of other flat surfaces in Australia, and so on. Survival of these paleoforms is in some degree an embarrassment to all the commonly accepted models of landscape development, except the biblical one. That solves the problem. But that is not commonly accepted in scientific uh, interpretations right at present, but that's, uh, the data is there. Then we have flat gaps. Related to this, we talk about this very flat surface. You find these same flat surfaces in the rock layers. And you have gaps. And so we, we have these flat gaps that we're talking about here. Call them paraconformities. And they indicate little time. Uh, just one illustration here. The Grand Canyon in Arizona. Uh, you can see the top arrow at the left <clears throat> goes right along the bottom of the whitish layer that you can see all the way across the picture. Now that points to a gap, six million year gap. Why do they say there's a six million year gap there? Because about 150 miles south of there, you have a layer between the two layers where that, the point of the arrow reaches. Right below the, the whitish layer, you have some reddish layers. You go 150 miles south, you got a layer, a thick layer, hundreds of feet thick. That is supposed to have taken six million years. And so when you come over here and you don't have that layer, there's a six million year gap. And in six million years, according to our average rates of erosion, we would expect about 10, excuse me, uh, 600 feet of erosion. Well, uh, Going a little further down in the Grand Canyon, the middle arrow there points at a 14 million year gap. 14 million years, you expect 1,400 feet of erosion, very flat, as you look across the whole canyon there. And uh, that one is small compared to the lowest arrow, red arrow you see right there, pointing to a gap between very flat layers. That's 100 million years. So, those of you familiar with the Jedi column, the whole Ordovician and Silurian is missing there. In 100 million years, you expect about 10,000 feet of erosion. That's twice the depth of the Grand Canyon. So we've got these flat gaps uh, in the layers, and those flat gaps talk about uh, there being very little time over that geologic column. And this is something you find over the world, folks. We just give you three little examples here. Uh, it's a very severe challenge to the long geologic ages are these flat gaps in these layers. Uh, one geologist tried to study these and suggest an answer. He says, the origin of paraconformity is uncertain. I certainly do not have a simple solution to this problem. And he suggested, well, maybe there were beaches. Uh, these are not wide beaches at these gaps. I mean, it takes tremendously wide. Some of these things are 400,000 square miles, these gaps. I mean, they're not local situations at all. Then we have carbon-14 that we find in older geologic layers. Now, most of you are, think of carbon-14, well, that's a dating method and so on, and it dates things quite old. Other thing that you're probably not familiar with is that carbon-14 doesn't date very old dates. Why? Because carbon-14 does not last that long. It has a half-life 5,730 years. And 
Uh, you can use it for maybe up to 80,000, 90,000 maybe uh, years and so on, but it can't go beyond that. But then you look in some older rocks and you find that, hey, there's some carbon-14 there and they should have been gone a long time ago. Uh, here's some coal seams. You can see the red, at the end of those red arrows to the right. And in those coal seams, uh, in the layers above, not these specific ones, but the same formation. This is a Black Hawk formation in Utah. Uh, you date some of these coal, you get dates, well, maybe 46,000 years. But the coal seam in this area is supposed to be 90 million years. Why, why is there carbon-14 left there? It should have disintegrated long ago. You probably couldn't detect it after 100,000 years. It's like being taken in a tour in a cave and uh, being shown a candle and being told, hey, that candle has been burning for 5,000 years. And you say, well, tell me some more. I don't believe that story. And it's the same thing. The, the carbon-14 should be all gone. Why is it still there? The data seems to favor this. A lot of controversy about it, a lot of published papers on this. And, uh, but the, the interesting thing is that we find so many of the layers tend to be somewhere in the 40, 60,000 year range. And these are layers that are usually in the million uh, to hundreds of millions of years old. So, uh, and they have this, this carbon-14. There's enough of those that this is interesting data that suggests, well, uh, uh, favors a recent creation or that carbon-14 should not be there. Uh, some have suggested, well, it's, it's there because there's been contamination. Some studies have been done on this, of course, because it's a topic of uh, a lot of discussion. And Nadal here suggests uh, after a study that it was not possible to reach lower carbon-14 levels through cleaning, indicating the contamination to be intrinsic to the sample. So far, no theory explaining the results has survived all the tests. Uh, and she worked on radiolarians and so on in the deep sea cores that gave uh, dates carbon-14 that shouldn't be there and so on. And, uh, uh, Bird in Australia uh, got some very consistent results with charcoal uh, and so on, uh, suggesting that probably it's not contamination, that this represents a true date, uh, at least a true level of carbon-14. Uh, then uh, another point is the, the good evidence uh, that shows uh, human activity is recent. Uh, you're all aware of ancient human activity. Uh, here are some houses built by our Native Americans in Mesa Verde, supposed to be 1,200 years old. I mean, 1,200 AD. Uh, man tends to leave significant evidence of his activity. Here's a typical curve of the growth of the human population. And this tells us a little bit about this evidence. Uh, follow the red line along the bottom. Starts at a million years at the left. This is the evolutionary interpretation. Starts at uh, about a million years. Goes clear to the right at about the same level, just a slight <coughs> growth. And then all of a sudden, uh, 8,000 BC, and this is a debated date, uh, the line goes up almost vertically. And we're, we're, we're producing at a tremendous rate now, pushing 7 billion 
uh, for the world population. The point I want to mention to you is that uh, the data for man along that vertical line is very good. I'm talking to you about writing, ancient writing. I'm talking to you about history. I'm talking to you about pyramids, aqueducts, uh, the many evidences of habitation that we have, uh, which we showed you a picture of. And so, so, so we have this uh, contrast of that with very good data. Then along the horizontal line, a lot of very poor representation, a lot of debate. Every few months, a new idea about how man evolved and so on uh, in that region. So the contrast between these two figures, hey, Maybe man has not been here that long. Maybe he was created just a few thousand years ago. And that's why we have this. And these do not represent ancestors. Uh, those, those along the horizontal line do not represent ancestors to man. Well, lastly, uh, the detrimental mutations are too abundant for humanity to have endured the long geologic ages. What you may not know, in the past two decades, especially the last decade, uh, data has been coming out that mutations are much more common than we thought they were. Uh, and the, the, the figures are rather striking. Uh, here's a picture of a baby. It happens to be my granddaughter. Uh, but uh, according to the latest day we have, at, any new baby has about 100 mutations that the parents don't have. Now, mutations are quite detrimental, usually. So some, some are harmless. And uh, mutations uh, uh, cause man to, generate, man to generate and so on. And so you'll understand three statements uh, briefly from the scientific literature about this problem, which tells you, hey, man could not have been here very long. Uh, here is from the book, the uh, journal Nature. And the bottom line says, why aren't we extinct? This is uh, one of the leading scientific journals of the world, as you understand. Here's another statement from uh, uh, the Journal of Theoretical Biology. Why have we not yet died 100 times over? See, we're not evolving. We're degenerating. They wonder why, why we, how could we even survive? Uh, another statement from the uh, book, Gene I mean, the Journal of Genetics. It's talked here about uh, how could man keep its population going, at least on an even keel, each female would need to produce 40 offspring for two to survive and maintain the population constant sign. And they're, uh, well, and this is data based on about 10 years ago where we thought 3% of the genome was useful. And now we're maybe probably 30, 60, 90% of the genome. So the situation is, you know, we're talking 10 to 30 times as as more difficult as we thought it was. Well, uh, just in, in closing, let me review what we're talking, we've talked about. First point, the continents have not been eroded away. Second point, the oceans are not full of sediment. Third point, all flat surfaces should be gone. Fourth point, the flat gaps, so those periconformities indicate little time in the rock layers. Fifth point, short-lived carbon-14 should not be in old rocks. Six points, the good evidence shows that human activity is recent. And the seven point, detrimental mutations are too abundant for humanity to endure long ages. 
And if we had more time, I could give you seven more points right here. These are numbers eight to 14, but we don't have time for this, of course. And, uh, uh, but keep in mind, there's a lot more data along this line that also suggests that the long geologic ages pose some serious scientific problems. And in concluding, just let me make this statement. In spite of the strong scientific opinion that life evolved over billions of years, that's a standard uh, interpretation, there is a significant amount of data that favors the recent creation described in the Bible. And especially remember this. One does not have to abandon science to believe the Bible. There is lots of data out there that supports the creation account. God bless you. Thank you. <laughs>